Hi, and welcome to Mindful, Beautiful, and Thriving, a podcast series by Tharaka Foundation focused on youth mental health. Before we begin today's episode, I just wanted to let you all know that all content that is found in our podcast is created for informational purposes only. This content is not intended to be a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, treatment, or therapy. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified health provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition, and never disregard professional medical advice or delay in seeking it because of something you have heard in this podcast. Thank you so much, and without further ado, let's get started. Hi everyone, and welcome back to Mindful, Beautiful, and Thriving. This is our last podcast for the entire year. Wow, time sure flies by. Between the end of the year and the beginning of another, There lay the detested finals in between for many high school and college students. From experience, I can tell you it is a very stressful time. I myself am actually a sophomore in high school. Now, it's not going to really get too hard until maybe the future years, but I still have experienced something. While having to revise an entire semester's worth of concepts, balancing extracurriculars, and somehow finding the time to get a good night's sleep, it becomes too much. This brings me to our topic for today, managing stress and time during finals week. Today, we have the honor to be able to hear from an expert on this subject, Grace Holty, Director of Tulio Learning, an educational therapist and an executive function coach. Grace is an experienced educator and administrator with over 20 years of experience working with learners who approach learning differently. Throughout her career in New York City and the Bay Area, she has worked in independent schools, clinics, and private practice, providing educational therapy and coaching to children, adolescents, young adults, and even parents. Can you tell us about what you exactly do, Ms. Holty? Hi, um, everyone. Um, Thank you so much for the warm welcome. Um, I appreciate you having me on your podcast to share some insights on ways to manage finals. So to answer your question, I work um, and coach students who need support in academic and executive function skills that include reading and writing skills, time management, organization, planning, prioritizing, and emotional tools that are related to academic learning. As we know, um, academics and emotional well-being are closely connected. So that's what I do. (laughs) Thank you so much for that beautiful introduction. All right. So without any further ado, let's get on with our questions. So these days, when many high school students struggle with their time management skills, especially during the week of finals, what tips or tricks could you share with us to stay more productive and efficient? So I would um, suggest that the best approach to deal with finals is to proactively plan ahead, meaning students should start planning and calendaring study time on their calendar weeks beforehand. So I would recommend using backward planning to plan out when and what to study weeks prior to finals. With ample time to study, Students will not only be able to ease their anxiety, but also have the brain space to focus on their materials. Okay, perfect. So um, our second question is, 
Reflecting on your academic experiences of studying for finals and any other major tests that may have brought anxiety, can you share with us some insights as to how you dealt with all of that stress, not only surrounding finals week, but like in general? Um, I am a planner, so I like to plan and map out what I need to study before an exam. So I would make sure that my notes, study guides, and previous tests and quizzes are complete so I can focus on my study. Then I then break down what I need to study into parts to help me stay on track because our brain needs time to process and remember information. As a result, this approach eases my anxiety. Thank you for that beautiful insight. I, I actually really agree with that point of um, not procrastinating and um, yeah. spending time on that and try, kind of breaking everything down into mm -hmm. the days because mm -hmm. um, I think there is a method also something called active recall where mm -hmm. every single day you basically revise what you learned yep. and there is a specific technique actually involved in in that called the Feynman technique where you actually teach others as well mm -hmm. about mm -hmm. that concept so that you kind of get it stuck in your mind as well. Exactly. I think if you have the opportunity, if one of your classmates needs help with a concept and you be able to have that opportunity to reteach that same thing, what you learned to somebody else that actually solidifies what you have learned into your long-term memory. So I would recommend that as a, um, a method or um, a way to check your own understanding. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Definitely agree with that. Yep. Good point. Right. So for our third question, what are some of the things that you do or advise your clients to do to take a mental break? Mental breaks are taking re regular mental breaks is very important. I mean, it gets our brain the opportunity to process and solidify learned materials. So here are some like mental break activities that students can consider. And I'm sure you're all, most of um, students are probably using some form or another. So for example, physical movement, um, running, walking, stretching, exercising are really good ways to break away from your study. Listening to music, um, practice guided meditations. Um, I know there are apps on Calm or Headspace that um, people are using. And um, they has these soothing soundscape musics that are really calming. Um, even talking to friends, watching an episode of your favorite show, not many episodes, but just one <laughs> would be great to help you kind of ease um, that um, taking a break from your study and ease that anxiety. Even close your eyes, take a few deep belly breaths and stretch your body is really helpful if you just need to have that stretch break. Um, even take, actually take a break from your devices can be very positive. We're so glued to our devices. It's, um, it's not very helpful for our brain to being constantly stimulated. So I would suggest to take a break from your devices would be super helpful. So these um, tips not only give your brain a break from studying and relaxing your body, so you can focus again um, in your next study block. So that's really, I would strongly recommend that taking breaks. Mm -hmm. 
And yeah, that's a, actually a great answer. But I kind of also had a bit of a follow-up question to that. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of people that I know, myself included, um, we do this thing called like the Pomodoro technique where it's like mm-hmm. 25 mm-hmm. minutes of studying yeah. and a five-minute break. Mm-hmm. But sometimes I guess I tend to, when I'm in my five-minute break, I tend to like, you know, start something new or go on my phone. And then the five-minute break turns into a 25-minute break. Mm-hmm. So do you have any tips to kind of avoid that happening? I think that comes back to um, your time management, because if you take too long of a break, it's harder to get back into your next block than everything else that you've planned for that day or um, that afternoon is going to be pushed back. So do you, so think about there's only so much energy that you have per day. So the more that you spend on something that are unnecessary, that means you're taking away from things that are, um, that things that you need to focus on. So I would say that that's part of the being mindfulness of the amount of energy that you spend on something to be more targeted. That would be the willpower to pull yourself back from that temptation. And it's not easy to do because we're humans. So I don't want to say, yes, just do that. But I think you have to tell yourself that the maybe perhaps just say, okay, extra five minutes from the five to 10. And that should be the end because you have to get on to the next thing, but get yourself another reward after the second um, study session. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, that definitely, that makes a lot of sense. <laughs> so um, kind of piggybacking onto the you know studying um, from your experience, what do you think are some common mistakes that students make while studying? And how do you think they can fix those mistakes? I think Krish brought that, I mentioned that earlier. I would say the common mistakes that I've seen over the years are procrastination and cramming, pulling an all-nighter. These things don't work and it just exacerbates and then added to additional stress and anxiety. So that leads to less ability to focus. So I would suggest that for for, um, procrastination, is to really in the eliminate distractions, set goals that are actionable, attainable, and achievable. So the three A's and um, prioritize and break down tasks into small manageable parts, set deadlines and use calendar and reminders to complete tasks, take breaks and reward yourself and hold yourself accountable. For procrastination, there are really no shortcuts. I wish I have a magic wand or <laughs> something for, for students. And just, it's not just students, but, you know, um, adults too. So we all do. It's just human nature. But I think we need to be able to have the ability to pull ourselves back and get ours um, back on track. And for all nighters and cramming, it's just an absolutely terrible idea. <laughs> it harms your brain's natural ability to cement information and um, skipping a few hours of sleep is enough to decrease your brain's potential. So make sure that you get plenty of sleep to help your brain to help you learn. Otherwise you're just, it's not going to be productive and you're not going to get the results that you hope for because it's, doesn't work that well, unfortunately. <laughs> um, our next uh, question is that 
what are the coping skills for the student if the test didn't go well as per the student's expectation? Because I know a lot of people who mm-hmm. usually are straight A students, but this is not just in high school, but like even in college, it really hits them that education starts to get way more difficult. Professors don't cover as much material as high school teachers did back in high school. Mm-hmm. And so um, people end up maybe like on their first or second midterm getting Um, a bad score and so they don't know how to cope with that because they Mm -hmm. have um, been successful their entire high school career so Mm -hmm. how would people really really cope with that natural feeling of um, of of sadness for that I would say that um, when you get that negative um, results the initial reaction is depleted and kind of upset and satin so to validate those, um, express those feelings um, is really important to a trusted person or to talk to someone about it to so that you your feeling is being heard. Then the next step really is to reset your expectations to ones that are more realistic. That's really important. I think there's a difference between idea and reality. So to set more realistic outlook is will tame your um, expectations to level it down to where it is. And I understand that for students who are doing really well in high school, then when they get to college, they're always going to be someone who is better and stronger and faster, right? So is it, how important is it for you to keep up with that or to look at yourself and say that I'm doing my very best and let me figure out what I can do to meet that expectation. So perhaps to learn from your experience and um, look at ways, talk to perhaps talk to your teacher, to professor about ways to um, do better on the next one and to be better prepared. So, I mean, I have seen students um, when they take their first exam at the beginning of the school year, they're not as familiar with the, the class and in the structure. So once you learn the structure by talking to professors or even in college at TAs, you'll understand what is it that they're looking for and you can adjust yourself to meet that expectation. So problem solving and being realistic and adjust and be flexible. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I know a lot of students, especially in high school, they'll kind of come in, they'll be taking all these AP classes, honors classes, and they expect to get hundreds and all of them, but it's just, Mm -hmm. you know, you can't spread yourself that thin. Yeah. So I definitely agree with you. Um, And that kind of leads to my next question, which is, you know, a lot of kids are really overwhelmed and, you know, they feel like they don't have a lot of support. Mm -hmm. So under what circumstances should a student seek professional help, whether it be from, say, like someone that provides mental health services, like a therapist or a psychiatrist, or someone that provides services like you, where like, you know, executive function coaching and academic coaching, et cetera. I would say that um, when students started feeling depressed and or have that idealization of um, self-harm, that's when we need to seek professional help. Depression can lead to a lot of different issues where you know one has these panic attack and not being able to sleep well self-doubt wanting to I think just can get out of um, not being themselves these are signs where students should 
start thinking about some support at school that is um, more accessible. I know that most high schools have counselors and teams of counselors who can help. So perhaps you can start with your guidance counselor and then to connect you with a mental health support team to access support. And the other is talking to your parents. I think through your pediatrician, there's also um, medical um, psychologist through your healthcare network that you can access and start normalizing why you need these support will help you um, bring your, I think, expectations up to a level to normalize things and um, get out of that funk. So when we feeling depressed or anxious all the time, it saps our ability to focus. So I would strongly recommend that students who are feeling um, that life is like the end or feeling hopeless, that's when they really need some help to help to pull them out of that, um, that mental state. Mm, okay. Yeah, I, I, I fully agree with with all the points that you say. And actually, uh, regarding that, um, now since finals week is coming up, we have mm -hmm. um, we have to revise an entire semester's worth of material, as I had stated before. Mm -hmm. And um, especially like for a lot of people that can be stressful because uh, balancing extracurriculars and mm -hmm. um, in, in general, just balancing everything, especially doing projects for that could basically determine your grade for that class or your GPA mm -hmm. uh, later on mm -hmm. is it can be really stressful, especially looking at the fact that you have to do it maybe four or five times more in your life if you are in high school, right? Assuming mm -hmm. you are around a freshman or a sophomore. Mm -hmm. so, so, and some people already feel anxious about that. How can they reduce those negative feelings so that they don't become a hindrance later on? Stress anxieties are just a natural response, um, responses as we are humans. And it's whether you're at school or, um, you know, just life in general, they're just different kinds of stress that it's how we um, manage um, these stress. So it is difficult for our bodies to sustain these intense fight or flight reactions at all times because it just, because it takes that energy away from focusing on what we need to do. That said, um, it is a skill that can be developed over time to help us better manage the stress that we, that we see and um, time. So that goes back to time. Time is connected to um, the work that we have to do. So you have to, again, coming back to what we have talked about earlier, map out um, what you have to do block out time specifically for the things that you have to do and, um, and to make sure that you have these scheduled. I know there are fun things that you like to do, but again, being flexible um, and nimble on the things that you have to do and pair with something that are um, that you enjoy is, is good to give you that motivation and keep you engaged on what you need to do. And the other, I think we talked about earlier is sleep. I know that teens go to bed really late and not getting enough sleep, but sleep is so important. Um, a well-rested brain is better at remembering and retrieving information. So 
make sure that um, you're getting the rest that you need so you can stay more engaged and focused. Um, we talked about, um, and earlier we talked about um, mental break. These are um, the, some of the activities you can do to help you break away from that is really good. So the other that I have found um, helpful is positive self-talk. So it is uh, meaning that, you know, negative thoughts and put downs are just not helpful. So for example, um, take a few deep belly breaths and say to yourself, I'm ready. I can do this. And just that small self-talk has a great impact on your confidence and get your brain ready for the task ahead. So keep that in mind is that negative thoughts tend to monopolize our work and our time and energy could because of the anxiety, they kind of go hand in hand in a way for some reason. But if you can try to reverse that and give yourself that boost, it's really helped to shift that mindset. And that goes not just for school, for sports too. Sports, um, you know, projects that you're doing, if your partner is not pulling the way, have a frank conversation said, dude, we all want to get good grades. So you need to put in your share of um, the work. And then what can you do if you don't have the time that's try to divide and conquer and try to get this done so we can have the best result. So being honest and then have these conversations with your partner sometimes is really helpful. And then, um, so the other is also to set goal and plan out what you'd like to do each day. So break things down and it help you stay on task, focused and accomplished. So for example, um, you can pair. So I think I've mentioned this earlier. So pair studying with a positive reward to such as, you know, maybe getting a treat with a Starbucks, listen to music, kind of, you know, these little things to balance out to help you stay more motivated. Otherwise keep working and working for a long period of time is exhausting. So, yeah. Yeah, no, I definitely, I agree with everything you said. Um, doing like, I guess, smaller amounts of work at a time for like a greater period of time is better than just like cramming it all in one day and feeling really stressed and anxious. Um, so yeah, for sure. And I think the planning out is also really important. Like, you know, we all have like Google calendars and, you know, spreadsheets and like so many things that we can use. And I feel like it's just about how we utilize them. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, the whole motivation thing actually kind of segues into the next question as well. So um, due to the immense amount of academic pressure many students place on themselves, they tend to also feel burnt out after a while. So mm -hmm. how would you recommend for them to stay motivated the entire time? I would say that motivation is closely linked to one's goals. So setting, again, setting small, doable, and achievable goals will help you reach your bigger goal. So for example, by following your study plan and timeline, you are incrementally heading um, towards being ready for your finals, which will directly impact the outcome of the grades that you get and reach your bigger goal of perhaps getting into the college of your choice or a dream job later in life. So they are all connected in that way. And, you know, as 
we know that life is a balancing act, right? Having a balanced academic life with enjoyable activities would help you stay motivated and have the drive to strive for more. So I would say that last but not least, that's not forget self-care. To circle back, tools and strategies to manage our stress, anxiety, are ways to take care of ourselves. So with a healthy body and mind, we can do anything. But when one is missing, it's really hard um, to move forward. And then just things will keep falling down. So it's all about balance. And it's not just for students, for adults too. (laughs) (laughs) We do it on a daily basis, right? And I think that this is an opportunity for you to practice that. Because once you, you know, you're in college, they're going to be, it's not just studying that you'll be doing. You may pick up an internship and then putting what you're learning to practice and then balancing And some people may get a job, balancing school, job, internship, because these things are leading you to hopefully the dream job in the future. So there, you know, there are a lot of opportunities that you wanted to, um, a lot of things that you wanted to do and opportunities coming your way. So it's really thinking about what can I do? And then can I, do I have the capacity to put in my best effort to get the best outcome? So again, being realistic is really important. We all want everything, but it's just hard to do everything. So it's only 24 hours in a day. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So thank you so much, Grace. Um, With that, I guess we will end our interview. Thank you for your time and your wonderful insights on this problem. And um, to all our listeners, I just wanted to say that um, Tulia Learning actually has great tips to prepare for finals as well which we will link in the description of our podcast. So make sure to check those out as well. So another thing, just remember that good times always lie ahead of the bad. You know, finals might not go perfectly, but you can always look on the bright side and see that winter break is approaching and you have these, you know, two weeks to just, you know, kind of recuperate. So all you got to do is just push through finals. You can do this. And in coming to a close, we would like to remind everyone that conserving your mental health is of utmost importance. Without it, getting through the rest of high school and college will be a much more difficult journey, both mentally and academically. So this is Mindful, Beautiful, and Thriving, and we wish you all a happy holidays and best of luck on your finals and future tests. So we'll see you all in 2022. You are listening to Mindful, Beautiful, and Thriving, a podcast series by Tharaka Foundation. As part of our youth series, we will be releasing new episodes every Friday, so make sure to continue to check those out. We hope you enjoyed this podcast, and thank you so much for listening.